podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm joined by Laura Bradburn and Kevin McCluskey to talk about Gamble Asaka nil. Celtic won. Um, Topsy-turvy second half, Laura, which you would expect from the personnel changes. What did you make of it? Um, Certainly a bit less encouraged by the performance in the second half than I was in the first half, but I think that probably goes hand in hand with the fact that most of the players in the first half would be what you would consider our first choice players so still a good chance to, to see players like home get a run out and um, just see what's available there That's I'm not an avid watcher of the Celtic B team so getting a chance to see Lowell for 45 minutes and and another chance to see more of Vata is, is always a good thing so I would like to see those last two in particular maybe become more of a regular feature around the first team this season, um, given what's been uh, said and written about them. Um, but yeah, listen, we're watching Celtic again, so that's that's good for me. Yes. I mean, when you're looking at that lineup, Kevin, in the second half, and you're looking probably at O'Reilly and Kyogo being the first picks from the entire team, you maybe would expect there to be a, a lack of dynamism dynamic play. I was going to say something else, but I couldn't get it out. Um, Laura, you could maybe help me out in that. Dynamism, that's the word. Um, It it wasn't there, it wasn't fluid, uh, but you've got to expect that. This is a team of players that have never played together, you know, the the 11 um, thrown together. And what I'm going to do is run through them to see where did we get, you know, the positives and were there any kind of negatives. I want to start off, though, with Burnaby, uh, because I had only written down Jury's out when he played that ball, right, with the wrong part of his boot. Um, and then he went and done what he did, which, you know, Peter Grant's gone, you know, look at his attitude, he's chasing the ball down, he's, and he gets a goal out of it. And I think everybody was really chuffed with that because things haven't gone his way really since he came to Celtic. Uh, but if there's one way that you're going to come to notice um, is it's exactly what he did. He showed effort, application. He got a wee break. He wouldn't you know, he wouldn't let it go. That never-say-die attitude, uh, we-never-stop attitude, someone once said, and he gets his goal. I was really chuffed for him. I mean, at that point, no, I was on the fence. I thought his performance was a wee bit meh uh, up until that point. Yeah, when you talk about notes for the second half, I've actually got very few written down from that half because that last word that you used kind of summed it all up for me. It was all a bit meh, you know? It, it was probably the second half that you were always going to get with the team that we've got out, which is no disrespect to them, but it's a lot of young boys in there. It's a lot of players that haven't got a lot of first-team experience. So I think the, the the second half was kind of always going to go the way that it did. But obviously there's positives that you can take from certain individuals, and Bernabeu for the goal is definitely one. I don't think he'd done anything particularly wrong up to that point. But as you say, 
he was just having a, a very average game. As Laura described Welsh in the first half, he was fine. And everyone was just fine. No one was. No, but that word though, Kevin, operate. can mean that that word can mean something different. You know what's wrong with you? Nothing. You, you know, I'm fine. Uh, oh, really? I'm fine. Um, so you <laughs> can take what you want from that from Laura. I'm not sure if Laura, you know, <laughs> was rating Stephen Welsh's first half performance or not. To be honest with you, but um, no, I get that from Berry. And you know, what is he doing at that in that area of the park? He shouldn't be there. Um, so no, it's a misplaced be, pass. Yeah, does it not come from defending the corner though? How often have we seen it, Kev? You, you play a pass like that and the player stops running, he throws his arms up, he turns around mm. dejected. He didn't allow that to happen. Yeah, and that's what you've got to love about that, the whole goal. Because, see, I think it does come from defending a corner, so that's he's probably defending the near post and then we're breaking out. But he's, he's on the wrong side of the pitch for himself. He tries to pass with it outside of the boot because he doesn't have a right foot to kick a ball with. And it doesn't work. And most players would just throw their hands up and give up, especially with five minutes to go in a pre-season friendly game. What's the point in chasing that down? Well, the point is that you can chase it down, you can maybe create a wee bit of havoc there and get a goal. And in these games, as we said before, everyone coming into it with a clean slate, new manager, Brendan Rodgers is probably going to be noting that down. Even if he doesn't score from it, Rodgers will be taking note and going, right, he's shown that determination to chase it down, he hasn't just let it go, nothing came of it but well done for effort, but he's actually got a goal out of it. So absolutely, well done. And that's uh, that's probably him put himself up a few points in Rodgers' rankings. I think so. I mean, it, it, you know, attitude is, is massive. You know, you think it should be a prerequisite with professional footballers, Laura. You, we've seen over the years that it simply isn't. Um, and by the way, I'm going to flip from Bernabe to Haksabanovic, but before I do that, I'm going to bring in some of the comments from those who are tuning in. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We're about 800 strong already on the live stream. I really appreciate that. And um, Mike McPherson, the hacksaw is blunt. I do want to talk about Haksabanovic's second-half performance there because if, what you want to do, if you're on the fence, if the jury's out, you want to have a big moment. We spoke about it at the beginning of the game, Kevin. You want to do something whereby you you know, are the full focus of the gaffer. Bernabe's done that. In adversity, he's turned it round. He's turned it into a success. Um, Haksabanovic, for me in that first half, Laura, I'll ask you first, I just feel like he, he seems out of place. He seems to be in the wrong movie. He's a guy that Kevin and I have spoken about time and time again. There's there's a likability about him, you know, and, and I'm not sure where that's placed. Okay, he had a good November last season, but you, you can't keep going back to that good November. You get the opportunity, you've got to take it. There was one occasion, actually, um, whereby him... He plays he plays down the left and you're thinking to yourself, right, he's played it inside to, to Bernabe. Bernabe plays it up the wing. Haksabanovic needs to continue his run and he stops his run and the ball goes out of play. So it looks like a bad pass. It wasn't a bad pass, it was the right pass. But you're looking for Haksabanovic to be on the end of it. So I wasn't convinced on his second half display um, today, Laura. What, what's your thoughts on Haksabanovic? Um, before I go on to Haksabanovic, the, the one thing I do want to say about Bernabe, and this is like... Folk are just going to have a go at me for saying this, but it's what I do. I would rather have a player who was able to play the pass with the outside of his foot that he tried to do it than one who messes it up and has to chase it down, regardless of what the outcome was. And in this case, it was a positive outcome, but I think there's there's a lot to be taken from that entire incident and not all of it's positive. But I was the first to text the group chat and say what a goal, by the way, so... 
Um, so swings and roundabouts with that. As for Haxabanovich, it's one of these weird ones. Like, there's always players where you think, why, why does he not get a game? Every time I see him, he looks, he looks the part, and he looks like he's better than the other options in the team. And but then you see a situation like that where he fails to make his run, and you just think, is that the attitude he shows in training? Like, mm. is that the attitude that he shows in games that he thinks don't matter? And okay, it's fine to say, oh no, but I would play up to standards uh, in games that matter. If you've got players who are doing it regardless of the circumstances or regardless of the fact if they're in training or in in a game, they're going to come ahead of you. And I think that maybe is just a signal as to why he's maybe not getting as regular a game as he could. It's maybe a, just a kind of maybe the managers and the coaches are looking for a little bit more determination from him day to day than he's willing to give because I don't think any of us are sitting here saying Haxabanovic doesn't have the ability. He most certainly does and he proved it in numerous individual moments throughout the last season. But there's got to be an underlying attitude there of a willingness to work, a willingness to take on board messages, a willingness to to give your all even when it appears like it doesn't matter because you can bet your bottom dollar that's what a Callum McGregor does, that's what a Cameron Carter-Vickers does, that's what a Joe Hart does. And sometimes that that trumps ability and, and I think in his case that might be what's happening with him. Yeah, that's, that's why I used it as the flip, really. The flip side of what uh, Burnaby showed was for me, Haxabanovich, who has got... Uh, probably bags and bags of natural ability, Laura. You, you know, he's a prodigy. He's broken into senior football in Sweden at the age of 15. Got a big money move to West Ham United. Um, and we've now got him. And the interesting thing about Haxabanovic, I always think about, I still think about Rio Atati as being a young player. Um, and I think that's because once he's come in, he's probably a couple of years older than we thought he was due to the fact that he comes to senior football pretty late in the day, which is normal in Japan. And um, he's not had many senior performances under his belt when he's joined Celtic. So uh, Rio Atati's 25, Haksabanovic um, is actually 24. And, and I think it's just the perception of uh, you know, Hatati being this kind of young <laughs> prospect and Haksabanovic because he'd been around for so long, having made his debut at such a young age. But, you know, I just don't think he's contributing enough. No writing him off. I'm not writing anybody off. I just don't think today he contributed enough. And you can use the attitudinal side of it uh, when you're comparing it to, to Burnaby. Um, we'll run through the performances of that second half. Uh, obviously, we won the game, which is a positive. We got a clean sheet, which is tremendous. And a big part of that, Kevin, was doing a secret. You know, he's a player that um, you have got on your list as someone we, we should should and could move on. Um, but when called upon in that, in that second half, he stood up to it, had a good, a good couple of saves, a double save, um, and he did okay, I think. He did, he did pretty well. Um, one of the criticisms I had of him from the game on Wednesday was that he never made an effort for any of the goals that went past him. He just yep. seemed to almost just let them go without making an effort. Uh, today was a completely different performance. He was he was throwing himself at the ball. He was making the stops. As you say, he's done that double save as well, which after the first one, I think he should probably do better with the first one, to be honest, because of the way it spilled back out from him. But he's quick enough to react and makes the double save. He's done everything that you want of a keeper to do today. I'd still have him on my list, though, to get rid of him, because I don't think he's good enough. Um, as we talk back again, it's that one of if Joe Hart's out injured, 
going into a game at Ibrox or a Champions yeah. League game, would you be comfortable to put Ben Seacrest in? And you wouldn't. What I also think is quite telling is that we've had Scott Bain in the bench for both games as well, and he hasn't played a single minute. So does that tell you that he's maybe edging out the door? It's good in the dressing room, Well, so would Abby. And I'll, he's good, I'll he's take, good about the training park, apparently. I'll take less than half of Scott Bain's wage just to be good in the dressing room at Celtic Park, if that's what mm-hmm. they want. I, 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 I can job, by the way. Can I kick a ball right. to save myself? I could probably have a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just go back to the, the, the cold hard facts, 75 games in five years. Now, I know that if you are one of these backup goalies, Laura, and we've had quite a few of them over the years, Zaluska's a good example, never played much football. Um, but, you, you know, and again, maybe at the top, top level, if you're going into a game, you wouldn't be happy that he would be playing over Boric. Of course you wouldn't be. There's a reason he's a number two. But but Bain's played 75 games of football in five years. You think to yourself, no, it's time to go. When he gets his opportunity last season at Easter Road, he fluffs his lines. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where I am. But I think with Seacrest, he's, he's had a couple of halves of football. And certainly today, he can't really be criticised, can he? No, uh, I think... The least you can expect, as Kevin says, after the performance the other day, is for an improvement, and he's given that improvement. I'm just sitting here wondering whether Zaluska ever played for Legia Warsaw, but that's that's another thing. Um, <laughs> uh, the goalkeeper situation is um, is a strange one because you, I, I certainly um, feel totally indebted to Joe Hart for the stability and the... Um, calmness and the assuredness he brought to the goalkeeping role when we were in desperate need for it. But you've got to take a leap from there to then go and he should remain our goalkeeper. Um, And I think as Celtic supporters we are anxious about whoever's going to come in because we've had our fingers burnt so many times where the the, the man between the sticks has been the biggest weakness in some of our best teams. Um, and so I don't think either of the goalkeeping options we've got at the moment, Segrist or Hart, I'm not even considering being an option, but Segrist or Hart I don't think are good enough. Certainly not, they could probably still do a job in Scotland, but if we're really serious as we appear to be about pushing forward in Europe, which by the way, I don't think Brendan would have come back if that hadn't been the main reason that he's come back, uh, if that's the main purpose of what we're trying to do here, then the man we have between the sticks isn't good enough and we do need somebody in pre- pretty sharp. Yeah, well, you know, this this is going to be a debate, I think, uh, that's going to rage on. There's plenty of people in the comments who completely agree with that, you know, when you bring Joe Hart into the equation. Now, uh, Laura, you are right. He was on the books at Legia Warsaw. We signed him, obviously, from Dundee United, Lukas Zaluska. He never played a game for Legia Warsaw, but he was on their books. Um, and by the way, he wasn't a youth player there. He signed for them and never played a game. Um, oh. So, yeah, good shout. I don't know if that's messed up my competition question, which didn't even have a prize in it, but uh, there you go. Right back, we'll look at the defence then. <laughs> We've already looked at Segrist and Burnaby. Ben McPherson at right back, I thought he had a tidy enough performance. I love the youngsters to come in and do well. That's the kind of performance that you're quite happy with from a young player coming in where... You know, they've just gone about their business nice and uh, tidy. A bad injury at the back. I say bad in terms of the, the way it looked rather than a serious injury. Got a, a gash on his head. Um, but yeah, I, I love to see guys like uh, 
Ben McPherson coming in and uh, Summers coming in and, and, you know, they don't look out of place, Kevin, do they? No, they don't. Not in games like this in particular. And, yeah, for McPherson, I think, you know, one of the things I was I was noting was that no one was doing anything particularly out of the ordinary or special in that second half. There was nobody that really wowed us. But when you think about McPherson, that's probably what you want. You know, yeah. he, he didn't stand out either way. He didn't do anything that, that put the team at any risk. He didn't do anything that really was fantastic creative going forward. He just did what he had to do. He had a very solid game. And as a young boy making your way in the team, I think that's all you can do. You know, and uh, if you flip it to somebody like Ahaxabanovich that you spoke about before, I mean, he did he did nothing that was a wow out of the ordinary, but he definitely did things that were a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, I w- I'd rather, I would be more expecting, if I can get my words out here, I'd be more expecting that the other way around, that Haxabanovich is the more experienced professional, is the one that you're coming away going, yeah, he did all right. He did the basics. He did what you want. Oh, McPherson showed a wee bit of nerves and made mistakes. But he didn't. He was solid. He was reliable. I thought Lawal next to him was pretty decent as well. I think he especially needs a proper season out on loan somewhere he does. to get first-team football. He does. Because I don't think he's ready for it with us. But he looks like he's a player that's got a bit of potential. So I think from those two young boys at the back, they were both you know, fairly solid, fairly reliable. And if we can manage them properly, they've got a potential to have a pretty decent career ahead of them. You know that that point you make there, um, jumping on Lawal, I think, Laura... You know how disappointed is it going to be for a player like him if the the season kicks off? He goes back to the B team and he's playing Lowland League. You know he's playing fifth tier of Scottish football. You, you can't do that. You've I got mean, to get him loaned out. You've got to give give him games at a higher level. Yeah, I think I, I think you you definitely need to do that because as much as as much as everybody seems to think, oh, he he's getting games in a league of sorts and things like that. You know, he's he's 20 now. Like, people might still say, oh, that's young, and it is young. But as I always say with these situations, if a player's going to be good enough, they've got to get to an age, surely, where you, you, you've you got to start backing them and putting them in. Um, I'm sure um, James Forrest, in particular, was making regular first team appearances at Celtic by that age and I don't know, I just think I, I, I would be disappointed if I were him. I think he's done his time in, in the Celtic B and he must be as frustrated as, as Celtic fans are hearing all this about, yeah, he's the next big thing, he's the next big prospect, he's this, he's that. If he's as good as people say as get him in because with all due respect to the Scottish League, how good a footballer do you need to be to, to really make a name for yourself in the Scottish League. I would I would argue that even the glimpses of him that I've seen, he's much better than a lot of the players that we watch week in, week out domestically. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have work to do to improve, but I, I, I don't see any reason not to back a player like that and put him in and see what he's made of, because at this point, that can't be any worse than sending him back to play, to play in the Lowland Leagues for me. No, you know, there's certain... 
uh, clubs who view their future based on the development of their own youth, Laura, for, for various reasons, mainly the fact that they can't afford to go out and buy players. So they'll invest what they do have in the youth and in the academies. And uh, many of those teams view a 21-year-old that, that's come through their own process, a homegrown player. At that age, 21, they should have made 100 first-team appearances. Mm. Um, and, and I think Peter Grant touched on that. You know, you're looking at Lowell and you say, yeah, he's young. 20-year-old, but that's only young now. That wasn't young 20 years ago. And it wasn't even young. Well, it was still young, but, you know, it wasn't unthinkable um, that a player had already had a swathe of appearances a la James A. Forrest, even Kieran Tierney. You know, they'd had a lot of games under their belt by the time they were 20 years of age. Uh, you didn't view them at that stage as being kind of like wet behind the ears. They'd had a lot of first-team football. So Lowell needs that. He definitely needs it. And if it's not going to be for Celtic, he needs to get it on loan. The other player I, I was really impressed with, and he appears on my list of guys that I think would be leaving the building again, is... Um, Liam Scales, I thought he'd done everything that was thrown up in that first half. He seemed to do it pretty well, Kevin. He did. Um, to go back in the Lowell one, if you look at somebody like Odin Holm, he, he's played about 50, about 60 to 70 games before he's joined, they moved to us. And he's 20 years old. Mm. And that's that's what Lowell needs to be benchmarking himself against or yeah. young players coming through. And it, they don't necessarily need to play 50 to 60 games for us but they need 50 to 60 first-team games somewhere, whether it's out at a Ross County or a Kilmarnock or somewhere else. Use the loan system to work in a benefit. And you were mentioning the Liam Scales. We have for him. He went to Aberdeen. He got a season of football there. He helped us by scoring a goal against Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, So we can, use the, we can use the system to benefit ourselves in more ways than one. And I think, yeah, he's come back as a, probably a more rounded defender, a more experienced defender. He was decent again today, like everyone else. I don't know if he's got a long-term future with us, though. But watching the first half and the way that we were playing and the system that we had, where we've got the four at the back, but one full-back's pushing on and the other one's inverting, at times you end up getting a three at the back in the system. And that might mm-hmm. suit him as being the left-back that can invert and come in and make us a three when... Hopefully it's Johnston is pushing on down the right. So he might have a future. It depends how Rodgers wants the set up to go. But I think if we're signing another centre-back, I don't see Scales hanging around for too much longer. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, David Boyle cannot let Lowell go. He has been, he's got so much potential under CCV's wing. He will grow. Fair play to be Bernie. I think everybody was chuffed to see Bernie be getting on the score sheet. Um, Cathal DL Skills has had a decent half. I totally agree with that. I thought he was standout at the back, actually. Take a bow, Bernie, says Double Denim. Cracking attitude to chase the goal. It really was a great attitude, a la Anton Rogan. You know, he, he, he would misplace a pass, but then he would charge it down, Laura, Burst his nose, handball it, but he always tried. Loved Anton. Um, Cass, 1978. In fact, Brendan Rogers loved him so much as well that he named his son after him. No well, I was going to, I, I was going to say this. Are we taking that, or is that another no. lie that we're just, we're just going with? I mean, uh, absolutely let's, let's never happened. That never happened. Let, let's, let's be fair. If he names his son Henrik, you're like fair play. 
But you could name you could name your child after any Celtic player in history up to the point they're born, and you go with Anton Rogan. Brilliant. Listen, Laura, we all love Anton, but you'd call your dog after Anton. You wouldn't call your child after him. Come on. <laughs> Looks like Brendan is incorporating some of the Ange philosophy with the Burnaby goal. Yeah, we never stop. Lowell did well. Totally agree with you. Um, didn't miss miss uh, the simple things looked good yeah he did I, I thought he'd done well uh, but I do think that you know we're, we're going into a period now where we're bringing in another centre half is going to put him further down the pecking order let's not put him back into the fifth tier uh, and by the way I wasn't calling Anton Rogan a dog I mean my cat was called Bobo I just mean there's certain Celtic players you're fond of and you what are you laughing at the fact I've got a cat uh, I don't actually he died R.I.P. Bobo but you would call your pet after after certain names not your child's unless it's Henrik Larsson. Um, I was, obviously, my, my wee boy's named after Paul McStay, and uh, there's Kenny's and Danny's and all that in my family, and Charlie's as well in my family as well. But Anton, there's no Antons. Right, um, let's talk about home then. This is his debut, albeit in a in a friendly game. Um, and I think that, you know, he didn't do anything spectacular, but again, as you said before, Kevin, some players you just want to bed them in. And I think that what he did do, he done pretty well. He was pretty tidy. I thought that, exactly. He was very comfortable in the ball. I don't think he gave it away, maybe once or twice towards the end. But in, in general, I thought he looked pretty good. And I thought he linked up fairly well, the two of them, with um, Matt O'Reilly, in there, who also thought it was a pretty good game when he came on. He did what you expect Matt O'Reilly to do in the team. But for home, I think there's there's a lot of things that you can kind of look. Uh, I'm just reading that comment that's came up. Um, I think there's a lot of things that you can take away that's uh, that's quite positive about him, and that he'll uh, he'll grow to become a good player in the future. And don't ever put comments like that up again because that's just totally ruined the train of thought. <laughs> your train of thought, your point is gone. It's absolutely my, gone, my isn't it? My cat's sleeping next door, so like, I don't want to read that. Is he definitely sleeping? I. Eh? I hope so. <laughs> Check him out. Ah, poor Pirlo. Poor Pirlo. Too young to die. Um, and obviously, beside home, you had O'Reilly. And he's the type of player, Laura, that you want to orchestrate this game. He's coming on. Him and Kyogo are coming on as, as the first picks. You know, you, I think mm. most of us, I'm not putting words in your mouth, I think most of us would agree that they would be in the start 11. Um, I, I'm not quite sure that happened for O'Reilly when he came in in the second half. I'm not going to be overcritical of him. I'm a huge fan. Uh, of him and the way he, the way he wears his socks as well, Laura. But O'Reilly and home, what do you make of their performance in that second half? Um, I thought O'Reilly was putting the effort in. I think just things weren't coming off for him today is what the way I would put it. Like I don't think it was through a lack of effort or a lack of desire, um, but sometimes just things don't go your way. So I don't have an issue with that. And I think he... Um, I spoke to him at the end... <laughs> I think I kind of wound him up at the end of last season, actually, because I sort of said, well, it's been an up and down season for you individually. How do you think it's went? And he's he kind of went on the defensive a wee bit and sort of says, well, we've won a treble, so it must have been all right kind of thing. But I really was talking about his individual performances, and I do think he is a bit of a... Uh, I don't want to say the word streaky, because that seems too harsh, but I do think he's a player that can be affected... Um, by for, form, peaks and dips in form. And I'm just hoping that in, in his case today was just one of the games where things didn't entirely go his way because as far as ability goes, he's about as good a footballer as um as we have at the club. And I think he will feature 
heavily, hopefully, um, in in the coming season. And I think he, even the things he's uh, said about Rodgers, I think he's enjoying the change of manager and the change of approach. So hopefully that will bring out the best in him. Home, I think... um, I didn't get enough from him to suggest that I know exactly what type of player he is or where exactly he fits in in the midfield. Like, I couldn't say, oh, he'd be a good replacement for this person or a good replacement for that person. Um, but, I mean, he seems like he can he can pass a ball and he, and he seems to actually quite like putting a tackle in as well, which I was quite surprised to see from what I'd read before. So, um I think he looks like he's got the quality and as Kevin says, he's got games under his belt for a kid of his age. So um, I think it can only bode well for, for going into the season because, you know, you're one Callum McGregor injury away from having an absolute nightmare in midfield. Um, so having numbers there to to hopefully avert that crisis should it happen is always a good thing. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm just looking at um, scales because he's getting a lot of kind of good positive comments coming in from um, those watching and, and tuning in here. So I'm going to bring some of these up here. Uh, Tony Cassidy, that's rough on Anton. Yes, thank you. Pardon the pun. And um, I loved him as well, Soph Scots. I loved Anton Rogan. Um, but you love your pets, so you call your pets after footballers that you love. That that was my point. Not that Anton was a dog. I would never say that about Anton Rogan. He's a cult hero. He's an icon. Um, I loved him to bits. You know, the madness uh, of missing penalties and handballing balls against Rangers in the box, if anybody can remember all of that. Um, you know, but then the effort, he would run through a brick wall for you. So he didn't have the, the talent in swathes, but he had the effort. Uh, and he's well remembered as an icon, a cult icon, um, if nothing else. Marcus, uh, need to keep Kyogo up front. Don't want to be messing about with our main goal scorer. I'm going to come back to that one as well. And uh, never thought that Ange gave big skills a free crack of the whip. You know what it was, I think, Kevin? Remember that game against Bodo Glimt the, you know, in the conference? Um, and it was the away leg, wasn't it? And skills didn't have his best night. But, I mean, we, we were basically annihilated over the two legs, 5-1. And I, I'm not sure if Ange lost a bit of confidence in him that night. Because most of the fan base did. If you watched that game, he was pretty dreadful. And I think that's that's probably where it all stems from. But then, when you look at our back line for the last two seasons, who would you put skills in ahead of? Good Taylor's been outstanding at left back. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to play him there. And then Carter Vickers and Starfield's been absolutely solid as a centre-back pairing, the best centre-back pairing in the league over the last two seasons. So you could argue that he didn't get a fair crack of the whip, but then who was he ever going to come in and replace? And I think um, I think it's probably done him a favour and a good thing by putting him out on loan and giving him a year of first-team football somewhere else when he knew he wasn't going to get it ahead of the guys that we already had here. You know this. I'm not. I'm not loving the the kind of hate for cats. Very sleek. It. Um, yeah, they are actually. Yeah, they absolutely are. Don't turn your back on a cat. Uh, what is your cat up to, Kev? Who knows? Now the well, thing with Vata. I'm hoping he's sleeping in the next room. But after Laura's <laughs> comment, now I'm not sure. So as soon as this is finished, I'm going to go and check. Going to check about. Spend a bit of time uh, with him. Vata. There was a comment just um, a week or so ago from Brennan Rogers. He was talking about Vata actually, and, and I found it really interesting, Laura, that he wasn't you know, heaping praise on him. 
Because since Vata came into the side, he, he's had a bit of that. I mean, I've heaped a lot of praise on him. I think he's got real, real potential. But I thought he was very cautious with the way he was speaking, Brendan Rodgers. He was saying about how the fact that he's got some good attributes. And I just felt Brendan's highlighted parts of Vata's game that he, as in Brendan Rodgers, can help him to improve on. And I felt that in that second half, you heard Rodgers, because of the lack of a crowd at the game, you heard Rodgers almost talking Vata through the game. I think Vata done a, a couple of things really well in that, in that second half, and I think Rodgers is going to be key to his development. I think that is one of these situations where there's two things, there could be two things happening. Either Rodgers is aware of the, the chat and buzz around him and is trying to take that pressure off him, or B, he doesn't believe the buzz and chat around him is valid without a lot of work. I have to admit, what I've seen of Vata, I don't get where the buzz is coming from, but that's. But I'm basing the buzz on people who watch a lot more of him than I do, so I can't really have a fair opinion on that. But he's not come in to the team and blown anybody's socks off by any stretch of the imagination. He's not even done, like what Karamoko Dembele did when he came into the team and look where Dembele is now. He's he's nowhere to be found. So um so there's you don't have to come in and absolutely blow the doors off it to um to mean that you'll have a successful and long ranging career. But I think what Rogers has realised is that as with a lot of players in Vata's situation, he has oodles of ability but maybe his game management and his game understanding needs work. Um, especially if you're talking about the type of tactics and the type of demands that managers like Postacoglu and Rodgers will put on players. It, it's more than just being the wee guy in the park who can skin everybody. You've got to have an understanding of how the system works and what your role is in that system. But as you say, that's that's the job of the manager. That's what he's there to do. Hopefully he will see the ability Rocco Vata's got. He'll see the holes in his game. He'll coach that out of him. And the same as he did with McGregor first time round, the same as he did with um, Brown when it looked like his career was on the out, he'll maybe give players a new lease of life that they didn't have previously. Yeah, you know what, I get what you mean, Laura, right? Because there's there's sometimes occasions, and this happens with a lot of young guys, try to bed themselves in and uh, get to that level where the game seems to open up in front of them, but they would rather play something that's a wee bit more safe if they were in mm. maybe a different position because he seems very comfortable playing with his island team and playing with the B team. He would maybe run at a defender, try and, you know, jink past them, try something a wee bit more adventurous. He seems to be playing a wee bit within himself, Kev, but if there's going to be someone to bring that out of him, it's certainly Brennan Rodgers. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think probably Laura is right with what she said, what she said about him there. I think he's a player that's got bags of potential, but there's also a lot of rough edges in his game. And for him to become the player that we want him to become and the player that we think he can become, he needs to work hard on them. And Rodgers has got a track record of doing that. He's got a track record of working with players and taking those good elements and really making players out of them. The example we used before was Stuart Armstrong, mm-hmm. who was a good midfield player. And then Rodgers turned him into a sensational midfield player for a season and got him a big money move down to Southampton. Now, I don't want to see Vata moving down, but he's 17, 18 years of age. He's just he's a young lad. There's potential there. If he has the correct mindset and mentality that he wants to learn and wants to improve, then I think he's got a really good coach in Rodgers that can get the best out of him and make him 
a first team player for us. Right, 1,200 strong on the live stream. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. It's great to have had Laura Bradburn back on the show. Laura, I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. We have won the game. Final uh, part of the park to look at is up top, Owen and Kyogo. We've not really spoken about him. Kyogo's far less effective playing in that position. Big O has to play through the middle. That That's probably the only, very much like Yakimakis, it's like the only position he's going to be effective in, uh, Laura. And there's parts of O's game that... Uh, I really like. There really is. There, there was moments in that second half where he was doing the old Dembele thing where he was defending corners, which Dembele was brilliant at. Never really got uh, much praise for it. Always back doing that. He works hard. Um, I, I think that there's there's parts of his game where sometimes, and by the way, I'm going to qualify this by saying I'm not saying he's a diver. Sometimes he needs to stay on his feet. I think that it goes down a wee bit easy and, and I don't think it's a physical thing. Uh, Laura, I just think that you know what there's maybe he's maybe being impeded but not enough um, and he often goes down and, and throws his arms up looking for a penalty he needs to stop that because he'd be better off staying on his feet and, and you know keeping the chance alive You know it's interesting I was actually um, watching I, I'm a really big fan of the overlap with Gary Neville and I was watching an interview he'd done with Vincent Company, and mm-hmm. he talked about how moving to the Premier League made him a much more physical player. And I think that's where you can go down one of two roads. Either you start playing a more physical game uh, against more physical opponents and it makes you more physical, or you do what O appears to be doing and you kind of try and make meals out of things, try and uh, win free kicks that aren't there and that kind of thing. I definitely don't think it's a physical thing. You can tell by his build that he offers something different to what Kyogo offers. Kyogo's a lot more smaller, a lot more slight in frame, um, whereas uh, O seems to be a bit more solidly built. I think he needs to use that more. Yeah. And I'm not saying be the big guy up top that batters folk, but but just be a bit more of a presence on the ball because you soon get a reputation if you're the type of guy who can be easily barged off the ball regardless of your size. If he can do that, if he can be a more of a, a sticking presence on the ball, it can do a few things for us. It can give us an out ball where he can hold the ball up in the top half of the field. It can give us um, more confidence that he'll be able to um, be a threat from set pieces as well as maybe a defensive aid and that kind of thing. But he definitely has work to do as far as that's concerned. I also don't think he's... He has chipped in with a few goals towards the end of last season, but I think he's... Finishing isn't as instinctive as Kyogo's either. Like I think he maybe needs to I don't know if the word is think a little bit more about what he's doing, but he's certainly not as instinctual a finisher, I think, as some of the other strikers we've had over the last few years. And that'll take work as well to get that out of him. But again, that's what the coaches are there for. Hopefully they can bring him on and and coach him to be a little bit more a little bit more instinctual in the way he finishes. He's by no means a bad second option, but he's still a long way away from what Kyogo is in terms of what he can offer for for goal threat, I think. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you know, anyone who's only tuning into the post-match might be thinking, why are we not talking about the uh, the first half, rather? We did do that for 15 minutes at halftime. And, you know, the other option up top, of course, is Maeda, who has looked sensational over in Japan. What's your take on... Uh, Big O, I, I do think that he's a great backup. He does give you something different, Kevin, like Laura has su- suggested. But I just wish, I think that's probably a better way of saying it without sounding as though I'm saying he dies. I just wish he would use his physical presence better. 
I mean, I think he's a good player. And I think he's another one of those ones that you'll put in that bracket. If he's young, he's got he's got a lot of good qualities about his game and a lot of rough edges as well that we need to work on. And there's a reason why he's with Celtic and hasn't made a move to a bigger league. Because he's he's still got those rough edges to work off. Uh, I think we saw enough last season to suggest that he can handle with the, the physical side of the game in Scotland. I think he's strong enough to do it. For me, he's a player that needs a run of games, though, before he gets himself fully up to speed. And I think then things start to come a little bit more naturally for him. Because I take Laura's point that sometimes when he's, he's in front of goal, it doesn't always look natural to finish, or it just doesn't always look as kind of composed or confident when he's striking it. But give him chances and give him a run in the team, I think he's a player that that's all basically all he needs. And then he will become a top forward for us. But obviously, when you've got Kyogo in front of you, who's scoring the goals at the rate that he does, it's very difficult for him to get in and get that run. As for that physical side as well, and maybe wanting them to stay up a wee bit more, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think that could be something that becomes useful in Europe, for example. It's a little bit of the dark arts of the game. In European competition, we've suffered a lot when players have come up against us and there's a wee nudge in the back and they go down. It's a free kick or a penalty. Maybe O can do that for us and we can get street smart that way. Domestically, he's probably not going to get away with it the same. So maybe he does need to learn to stay in his feet at home. But um, he's a young lad and he is inexperienced in playing in Scotland and in Europe. So give him the time, give him that the chance. And, and I think we've got a really good centre-forward on our hands. You know this, it was actually a feature of Yakimakis' game, Kevin, and interestingly enough, it worked differently in Europe than it did domestically, and that should probably come as no surprise to us. Um, but we'll see how O develops under Brennan Rodgers. It's been great to get the football back under our belts. Who's up next? Well, join us in a week because we'll be playing Wolves, and um, that's obviously over in Dublin, and it's great that we're going over to Ireland. But we'll be covering it on a Celtic State of Mind, followed by Tuesday uh, night. That's a week on Tuesday where we will be covering uh, James Forrest's testimonial match as well. Uh, it's been brilliant, 1,200 strong on the live stream. Celtic have got another win under the belt in pre-season, one nothing against Gamba Osaka. Loads for Rodgers to consider from uh, the performances so far. The four games, three of which, uh, two of which we've seen, two of which we haven't, but we'll certainly be tuning in for the Wolves one. And all that's left for me to say, once again, Laura Bradburn, Kev McCluskey, thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Network.